My next guest literally has the heart of a 17-year-old boy, but it's a she. She's not 17, but she has an amazing story and this amazing life-affirming book. We're talking about that next. This is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. That song literally is an anthem for anybody. For everybody and for anybody. It stands the test of time. Oh, so good. And we've all survived something. Hey, welcome to Book Circle Online. I'm James Law Jr. And I'm just ready to get down right now, but I can't. I'll just skates down there. I won't start skating, just go skating right now. My guest, she survived. I'll tell you, she is surviving and thriving. And I'm very excited to have her on my show because I read this book she came out with called The Transplant Journey. And we'll also show a picture of it, of course, on the, on the screen. Um, this book, it's a, I said this is a little book that packs a big punch. Um, it's, it tells a little bit about her story, but the stories of others who are going through transplant journeys of their own it gives a good examples it also talks about some things you go through on the journey to getting a transplant there's some things i didn't even know myself and i have a nursing background so i'm very excited to have her on the show because i can tell she has an interesting life with the hearts without the hearts and with lots of hearts ava kaufman Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes, what a pleasure to have you on here. I'm so excited. And we're also, we're on iTunes. We're on, oh my God, we're on YouTube. We're on the Book Circle Online. We're on Twitter under Book Circle On. The ad is implied, of course, it is Twitter. But everywhere else is Book Circle Online. You can find me at James Law Jr. All over the place. This book, I keep showing this book to everybody. We have it on the screen there. Like I said, this little, this little book of about 70, 80 pages it, it really does pack a lot in it. So congratulations. Thank you. Um, that's your, and also congratulations you were able to live to tell and talk about this. Yes, by the grace of God. Oh, my God. Okay, so, do you, so having a transplant and going through that whole experience, does that change your, does that strengthen or change your view about divinity and things like that, the other world? Um, it has to. I mean... Well, my story was was very unusual because I did not have a heart condition and I was not ill throughout my life. I was a healthy, thriving, you know, I had been a professional dancer. Yeah. I had a black belt in taekwondo. I worked out all the time. And I had a terrible rash on my hand. I went to the dermatologist and um, months later I needed a heart. Wow. But... Yes, getting back to your question, because yeah. I want to answer your question. It has to. I mean, someone, else is, someone else's death is giving you life. I mean, mm. that's what transplant's about. No yes. matter how you look at it, <laughs> how you cut you know, it. or how you want to cut it, <laughs> yeah. you know, someone has to die in order for you to live. I mean, it's their time. It's not like they're being killed yeah. for you to live. Yeah. But, you know, that thought, for me anyway, is with me every day. Wow. And carrying the heart, do you feel, I mean, what do you feel as you carry? Because it's, it's, not, it's not the heart you were born with. It's a different heart. Well, it doesn't feel different inside okay. my body. I mean, I physically feel, you know, like me. Okay. What, it's, it's more the psychological aspect of it, I think, that, you know, knowing that someone's death saved your life. And you kind of start to look at life a little bit differently. You know, the things that you thought were so important aren't really that important, you know? And that old silly saying, don't sweat the small stuff, you know? I yeah. mean, 
But it's so true, right? When it you really go, is yeah, so, so true. true. You know, and when and when you're see, I didn't have the experience of waiting and knowing that I was waiting. I became ill so quickly. I ended up at Cedars, wow. and the next day I was on life support. I had an LVAD, which is a left ventricular mm-hmm. device, a pump, and an ECMO machine with breathes for you. Oh, and they listed me only as an experiment because they'd never seen anyone with the disease that I had get their heart destroyed. So they listed me as an experiment, never expecting me to live or to get a heart, and I got a heart in 10 days on my real birthday. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, oh, my God. Like, that's really, oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Then they woke me up and told me that I had a transplant, and then they put me in an induced coma for two months. And when I started to come out of the coma, I realized that I was trapped inside my own body, and I had been hearing everyone tell me, you have a new heart, you know where you are. And my mind was pretty together, but I my mind was. But I couldn't move, not even a finger, and I couldn't talk because I was intubated. So all I could do was have tears run down my cheeks oh my god and oh my god yeah it was wild <laughs> that is why that's that's that's, that's amazing because i mean we don't know that the people are the most people don't know the particulars of what a transplant what that looks like what it goes through what that feels and you're a living example a living example of how to get through how to go through that and come the other side well i have to tell you that the actual transplant itself for me um i had no problems with it okay. and to this day i haven't had a problem Knock on wood. Yes, knock on wood. You know, we all live on anti-rejection yes. medication, which you know has its t- or which affects <laughs> everyone differently. Yeah, I had decided from the very beginning that I was going to have no problems with the anti-rejection meds, okay. and so I haven't. Okay, there you go, kids. I like that. That's a lot. That's a lot. And mm-hmm. and the other thing that I really learned was that your mind is so powerful, mm. because. Even with everything that the doctors did, and I was at a very good transplant hospital, um, you know, Cedars and UCLA are the oh, top. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're good. And people come from all over the United States yeah. here. And yeah. when, when other hospitals send people home to die, if they come here, they end up living. Wow. Or many of them do. Wow, okay. So this is the best place to be. Um, however, um, you know, people do have problems and yeah. I haven't had any yeah. and I believe that's because I believe that my life was saved to do what I'm doing got it I mean I really do yeah got it yeah and I, I think the last time I went to the heart clinic because we go I go twice a year now okay and so um, the last time I was there John Kashibagawa who's the head of the entire heart transplant center at Cedars said to me, I need to clone you. <laughs> he said, how do you do it? You're so healthy. Wow. And I said, you know, I exercise and I eat right, but, you know, I don't eat perfectly. Right, no, right, right. And um, I said, it's God. Yeah. You know, I said, I believe I was chosen to do this, and <laughs> as long as I keep doing it, I'm going to yeah, be okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. I but know, I, I have to say, that. I... I I love what I'm doing right now, and I feel truly blessed that I have this whole new life, you know, mm-hmm. to experience all of these different yeah. things and meet people that I never would oh have met God, yeah. and experience things that I never would have experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you know, starting a five hundred one c three probably is one of the most difficult things you could she ever want to oh, do. I, I'm a business. I understand that, and I want to tell you. We're gonna stop right there real quick. It's she has Ava's Heart, which is a nonprofit five hundred one c three organization. It supports. I'll make sure I say this correctly. It's support for transplant recipients and candidates with limited means or no insurance. Yes, because I'm sure there there are a lot of people that aren't aware that if you can't afford three months of post-transplant housing near your transplant center, you can't get put on the list. Wow. So, you know, like everything else, if you, <laughs> you know, I mean, the Affordable Care Act allows us all to get a transplant. Yeah. But... There are so many other things that go into being listed. Oh, yeah, you mentioned them, yes. And one of that is post-transplant housing. And so one of my goals is to have a transplant healing house in Southern California for UCLA and Keck and Cedars. And um, One Legacy, the organ procurement agency, which also is a, a part of that, is Donate Life. Um, we're talking about doing okay. doing that together. But in the meantime, if you need to be here for three months, and let's say you live in Bakersfield, and you still have to pay your rent there, right, no, right. and you're just like a normal person yeah. you know, with a normal job, yeah. and then you haven't been working because you're ill, and your, your significant other might be your caretaker, so then they're not working, right. it's very difficult to afford to yeah. stay here. Like, we just helped a family... From Bakersfield, or we're helping them. He's waiting for a heart. And she said to me, you know, we came down here and everything was so fast. And then they give me a sheet of paper of where to go look for housing for three months once he Mm -hmm. gets listed. And it was like six times my rent in Bakersfield. (sighs) Yeah. Especially in Southern California, LA these days. (laughs) And so she said, you know, she filled out an application. She found me online, and she filled out an application, and she said when I called her, the whole world lit up because we're going to be able to help her with post-transplant yeah. housing. Yeah. And I can't tell you what an incredible feeling it is to know that something that I'm doing that's so small, really, um, is life-saving and yeah. makes such a difference in someone else's life. It's not small. It's it's big. I'm going to say it for you. It's big. Because, I mean, like I said, this book, this little booklet, talks about these, like, 14 points, uh, basic steps of the process, in, you know, basically in lay terms. It's easy to read, you guys, you know, in lay terms. But one of the things also you mentioned, speaking of housing, and number nine, patients, I didn't know this, need to be within three hours of the hospital at all times when they're in the middle of the process. Yes. So there are... There, There's that, there too. Are, yeah. Well, there are people that, you know, fortunately can afford to come but there are people that die because they can't get here yeah i guess so right because cedars and ucla have um antibody treatments that other hospitals don't have so if you have high antibodies you can't get listed unless you go through this treatment which is here okay and um we've helped many families that have relocated here and have moved like out to the valley or okay you know so that they're within the three yeah, hour time yeah. limit yeah but then after that they have to be 30 minutes oh my God. so <laughs> it's a huge huge expense and yeah. we do need housing here in yeah. southern california because we have well cedars is number one in the world for hearts and okay. ucla does more total transplants than any other transplant center okay. in the world okay so we need people in los angeles 
I think even more than it being in the Valley. It need to be in the Los Angeles, you know, Yes, and it's so area. expensive. I mean, oh, it it's, you know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, look, I own my house. I'm okay. But I'm like, but I mean. But I you have to own... remember, they still have to pay their mortgage or their rent That's at crazy. home. That's crazy. That's crazy. So we're partners with a phenomenal organization called Change a Life Foundation. Okay. And that's where I get a lot of my money for housing. Okay, good. Their mission is to change someone's life. Uh, you know, it, some something that wasn't their fault that happened. Th- their goal is to have partners that help people really make a big change in their life. And part, folks, she the, the Ava's heart does partner with a lot of different organizations. That are transplant oriented, right? Well, there aren't too many organizations there's, there's, that are transplant. Oh, there aren't. Oriented. So there aren't. I mean, I'm. I'm. I, do some research. So you, you do. Well, you have divert. You do. You have a lot of. You work with a bunch of partners. Yeah, I mean, we do. One Legacy is yeah. is is a very good financial partner and an emotional partner as well. Um, Donate Life. Okay. Um, then there are a few companies like CareDX. Mm-hmm. And Syncardia Care DX is a company that is into making the lives of transplant patients better. Okay. And they came up with a thing called the Allomap test, mm. which when you have a heart transplant, you have to have bi- heart biopsies. And the first year, you have them a lot. After that, it's twice a year. But they go into your neck or your groin and take out a piece of your heart Ooh. to see if you're in rejection or not. Okay. It's not much fun. I mean, it's not horrible, but yeah. it's not fun. And this company created a blood test instead. Oh, wow. And so they're okay. amazing. And then Syncardia is a company that makes a total artificial heart, which is a bridge to transplant. Okay. So if someone is someone who normally, you know, five years ago would, or 10 years ago, would die, now they can get a total artificial heart and be kept alive till they get their heart. Okay, okay. But so, but would you, would you, would you, would you, let's touch on it a second ago. You're saying there's not enough transplant organizations. We, we need more of those then, don't we? More funding, more... Well, we need more funding. Yes. It's, last year, there were 35,000 transplants done wow. in the United States. Wow. 22 people die every day waiting. Wow. Yeah. And there are over... A, I think 122,000 people active on the transplant waiting list. Oh my God. And people get added and added and added. And we're talking about all ages. I mean, yeah, from babies, you know, babies to, old, yeah. to. And what we decided to do this year, um, just recently, which we announced at our event, September 14th, is we decided that we're going to help donor families as well. Okay. Here's a story. Um, 16-year-old boy, downtown L.A., shot, drive-by. Okay. Wrong place, wrong time. Great kid, you know, planning on going to college. Had three other siblings. His mom was a single mom at the time. Um, And he was like, you know, the shining star of their light. Yeah. And he was killed in a drive-by shooting. And he, he saved about 15 people. With his death. Eight with organs and then his eyes and tissue. Okay. You know, a young, strong, healthy boy. Yeah, right. And his mom, you know, being a single mom with other children, could not afford to bury him Uh, like the hero that he was. And this is the year we first started in 2012, and she applied for assistance. And even though... It really wasn't in our mission at the time to help donor families. Mm-hmm. I I couldn't say it, no. Yeah, right. So we, you know, have gone 
grown and it's been a struggle. You know, mm-hmm. funds are always difficult, yeah, especially because people don't really understand yes. the whole transplantation thing. I think now even the medical shows talk about it more mm-hmm. and people hear the word LVAD. This book will help some. And so, yes. um, you know, it's really fascinating. It is. The whole thing is so fascinating. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's, you know, it's like science fiction that yes. I'm walking around with someone else's I know. Heart, right? I know. And so, anyway, this year we decided to help donor families yeah. as well. Like, we just helped this very sad story. Wow. Um, young couple, three kids, the baby, who was 13 months oh. old, was in the bathtub with their siblings. And the mom, who's an incredible mom, um, left for one second to go get towels, and the baby drowned. (sighs) The entire family just lost it. Dad stopped working. Mom stopped working. The kids felt it was their fault. They ended up sleeping in their car. Wow. One Legacy contacted me, because we have a great relationship with them, and they also helped me with funds, because they cannot financially help any of the families okay. that they do grief counseling with okay. because they're the organ procurement agency okay. and you're not allowed to pay for organs. Oh, yes. Okay, so, right. right. So, unfortunately, they can't do that, but I can. Yeah, okay. Because I'm, it's after the fact. Yeah. And so um, I decided this year that even though we're still struggling all the time, we really needed to help the donor families. Yeah. I mean, I thank my donor family every day. Oh, and sure. without the donor families, none of us would be here. Uh, Hello. No. I mean, like, literally would not be here. You know, and it's just small things. I mean, there was one family who lost uh, the dad, and he was the major, you know, caregiver in the family. So they needed to downsize and oh, move. Man. And they didn't have enough money to move. Right. So okay. we paid for their moving to a smaller place. And, you know, they're all little things, but... You know, when you lose, you know, you know, death is a hard thing to deal with no matter yes. what. And when you lose, you know, people in your life too early, and then when that death turns into life-saving situations for other people, I just feel like there there should be a place that they could go to get, a, you know, some help. It's yeah. not like, you know, they're asking for a free ride right, or right, anything. Right, right, at all, right. And there are, there are no organizations, basically, that do that. Wow. I think there's one in Texas that helps people in Texas. But we need a national organization. Like I said, only 35,000 transplants were done last year. One organization with the proper funding can help those people. And not all those people need help. Right. You know, it's... Why don't you mean that? It's like it's... It's... it's it's a more option. Yes. That we have money here, things set up, so if you, those people do need right. help. Right. So I'm not saying right. we need other organizations. Okay. Okay. I'm saying we need to be that organization, okay. and we need She's more funding. Out. Yes, right. She, I, I like that, Ava. I do. I like that. Yes. I'm sorry. I correct myself. Stand corrected. Yes. We make sure you give it to her and her organization. And of course, this book also, all 100% of the profits go to the organization, too. Um, you have you, you segue into something that I want to talk about a little bit. Uh, you have a title of your book called "Souls Go to Heaven, Organs Don't." Right. How important is organ, organ donation? Can you speak on that a little bit? Well, <laughs> coming from your way, I mean, I really want to hear from your perspective because you now are. Well, the thing is, I mean, I've always been an organ donor. Okay, so I, me too, me too. You know, but I didn't really ever think about it. Right. You know, um, you know, my parents <laughs> were organ donors, and okay. I'm, you know, very giving, and I just feel like you know when. You know, your body is your body, and when you're 
energy leaves and your soul leaves, you don't need those organs that would mm-hmm. just be wasted. Yes. And it's miraculous, like science mm-hmm. fiction, you know, that you can take the organs from a person. You know, the person has to be brain dead. Yes, yes. And save so many lives. I know. You know, and it's and it's also you know tissues and eyes. I right. mean, people can see that couldn't see before, and you know, skin grafts mm-hmm. and Achilles tendons and yes. you know just so you know the body when when we move on to the next place, our body doesn't go with us, mm-hmm. and so souls go to heaven, but organs don't, yeah. and so many people can be saved. And when you're the person waiting. For that organ, you know, it's here's a really interesting story. I think I might mention this in my book. Um, there was a little girl at UCLA who was waiting for a heart, and she was waiting in the hospital. Some people wait at home, some people wait in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And so she and her mom would go to the chapel every day and pray. And one day she turned to her mom and she said, Mommy, she said, Am I praying for a new heart? Or am I praying for somebody to die so I can get a new heart? Ooh, interesting. What did, mo- what did mommy say? Mommy said you're praying for a new heart. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yes. Well, I, the way it's right. Yes, the way yes. You know. Um, you don't wish somebody you to know, die. You know, obviously. she said, you know, people die when God's ready to take okay. them and become okay. angels or whatever. Okay. And it was interesting because two years after that, I was at um, the pediatric picture. Uh, UCLA has an Mattel Children's Hospital has a great transplant department and they have a picnic and a Christmas party every year for the kids it's amazing and I I saw this little girl uh, I think a year and a half ago and I asked her if she wanted to meet her donor family and she said no I said why I said really I said well you know it's, it's personal for everybody and she said because they have to hate me I said, why would you think they hate me? She said, because I have their child's heart. Interesting. You know, so. Interesting way of looking at it. No, interesting way that, that, that she's looking at things. I mean, and a very honest way of looking at She's thinking like, well, what is, I mean, they might hate me because I took their child away, so to speak. I mean, she didn't, obviously. But, like, that must be a very interesting thing to have and hold on to yourself. Yeah, you know, and for a child, yeah. uh, it's a much more difficult concept yeah. to understand. Right. Yeah. But also, you're saying the whole praying for are you praying? That is a, that is well, a it's, tough. But it's everybody, you know, whether yeah. you're an adult or not. That's tough. Yeah. What are you praying for? You're, you're praying. Thinking, you're praying for a heart. Well, you're praying. I think that's the overall thing. You're but praying, you're not praying for someone else to die, die. but someone has, has to, to die. die. Yeah. So I, I mean, I could just say it's it's just one of those one of those tricky. It's a, it's a very very emotional yes, thing, you yes. know. Whether you're a woman or a man yeah. or a teenager or whatever, I mean, you know that someone's death is is going well, to I would save feel, your I life. Would, I would feel the overall thing you want is you want to live. So that's course. that's number one. You well, want to see. Live. That's the thing. You know, you you meet people that are so ill. Yeah. And they want to live so. Yeah, I can tell. I know. I've been there sometimes. I know some people like that. Yes. You just. I mean. You could feel it in all their fiber of their being. They want to live. They want to be. They want to be well again. Yeah. So you want to help them. You're like, I want to help you get there. But you want to like do what you can. There's some folks, there's folks on the converse, who when they give up, they give up. You can tell us their time to go. And like, they're just like, we're just done. Well, I, you know, I kind of believe that when it's your time, it's your yeah, time. Yeah, I believe it too. I believe, more and more as I get older, I believe that more and more. There are people who I, I think actually are better off now 
in some senses that they're gone because they they, they, they lived full lives and there's just, there just time it was time and there are folks of course I think the opposite but I feel like I've seen people where there was their time to go I've been there when somebody's last breath has been taken me too so I, yeah so we know so you can tell when a person's fighting it that's the hardest part to watch somebody who's fighting and they go while they're, they're fighting while they're going I was like, wow, they didn't reconcile anything. Like, something must be really weird what, what they're going through. Uh-huh. But I, I see folks who I can tell they're at peace. They've said their goodbyes to everybody. And there's, there's, a, there's a calm over them on some, um, some level. And you say, okay, yeah, she or he, they're ready to go. I've been with people that weren't ready to go that went. Yeah, me too. It's hard to watch. That's really hard. It's hard to watch. Like they're fighting it. You're like, oh, I wish I, I wish I could do something. Like I can't. I, I mean, that's between you and whatever right. you believe in, and all that. I mean, and your body and all. There's nothing we can do about it. But folks, but what's joyous is folks to me that they're trying to go. They're calm. They're peaceful. And you're like, okay, and they really are done with the suffering part. And then there are folks who want to live and they fight, and you see them come back, and you're like, like you, and they're better than ever. And you're like, how did that happen? That's great. The mind over matter. I mean, like, really? Well, I, I believe that, you know, when once the doctors have done everything that they can do, that so much of it is in yeah. your mind, and it's you. And, you know, you make a decision to get back to a certain place. And sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't, though. I mean, I've been... I've been with too many people the last few years, you know, when the family pulled the plug. Oh, yes. You know, families that I've that I've helped. Yeah. And. And they, you know, weren't going to make it. And then I've been asked to come to say goodbye because at that time I become such a part of the family. And so. That's a very hard thing to reconcile with. Yeah. You know, when when it's a 16-year-old girl oh, who had oh. this incredible joy about her, you know, after her transplant and then it didn't work and she passed and you're there when she's passing, it's just for me the kid thing is so hard yeah. to try to yeah. understand. Damn. And, um, you know, of course, you know, everybody says, well, it was her time and blah, 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 and all of that. But I, I, I just, the kid thing is just a hard, really hard. Yeah, we talk, because there's several stories in the book, actually, that we talk, we have patients and clients, we talk about. There's one of Jenny who had two heart transplants. Jessica. Oh, Jessica. My little Jessica. Jessica. Yeah, she's my little star. As a matter of fact, we had um, our second annual Avis Heart Heroes Ball where we honored yeah, people that had helped us. Yeah, she's had it on September 14th. 14th. Yes. And it was at the Taglion Complex. It was yes. wonderful. Yeah. Vincent Patterson directed. And yeah. the talent was beyond. And Jessica came up and spoke. And oh, she God. said, I just want you all to know. And she's 13 now. She said two heart transplants. Yes. She said, I just want you all to know that um, um, when Ava retires, I'm going to take over. Okay. Okay. And she got a like, standing I'm ovation, sure. applause, sure. applause, sure. applause, applause. Hey, you know what? She, she might, right? You never know, right? Well, listen, you know, I've been in, in touch with the family since yeah. I've helped them when she yeah. was nine. She was the first family we got post-transplant housing for. And um, she's amazing. There's a we did a piece on NBC 
um, Life Connected together. Oh, yeah, Life Connected. Okay, um, yeah. And then this, this young girl who was graduating from film school uh, did a little documentary okay. on Jessica and I. Okay. It's, it's on the website. Okay, and okay. she, you know, got an A and... Yeah. Yes. You know, Greg did it for his She's in the book, too. It's a good story in Jessica, the book. Jessica, yeah. Jessica's really a very special Because wasn't, wasn't her first transplant at four? Yeah. Wow, that's like just, that's so, I mean, it's so young. And, you know, and that's why, I mean, I have kids and grandkids. I can't imagine having to go through that decision, having to go through that stuff. Just like, if someone told me my daughter or granddaughter needed a transplant, I wouldn't even know what to do with that. I mean, it's so, that's so heavy and not just emotional just really heavy that's like that's life like literally that's life in your hands and your organization and this book may help save lives out there who are going through this and maybe not know what to do or don't have the money or don't know where to go and well well see that's the I mean, thing too you know they're like here's nevada has no transplant centers oh i mean they do kidney transplants so everyone in nevada that needs a heart or a liver um, they do kidneys there okay. or lungs comes here. Wow! Luckily, they're next state over, but still, it's the next state over. That's yeah, not you still have to leave your home wow. and come here. I didn't even know that. Didn't even, did, did not even know that. Did not even know that at all. Um, and of course, as you say, a transplant is not a cure. So it's, what do you so what do you consider? What is it? Is it? Is it a, it's not a chronic. What do, you, what do you call it? Well, um, the doctors. I, when I when I when I first started. Um, you know, coming back into the world, I started volunteering at Cedars yeah. before I started Ava's Heart, and I worked in the heart clinic. And um, the doctors always used to say that you know, transplant isn't a cure, and it's not a cure because we're on medication, and if you stop taking the medication, you die. Interesting. Okay. I mean, you know. Yeah. And if you don't comply, right. you die. Right. Wow. And I can tell you a very sad story um, about it. 18-year-old boy. Well, he was 17 when he went into the hospital. He lived in San Diego, and we helped him with post-transplant housing. And he was in the hospital for over a year. Wow. And talk about a fighter. And he um, got his heart. And in the hospital, he turned 18. So he was considered an adult. And so after transplant... It's amazing how good you feel. I mean, people that you know could barely get around and couldn't hardly breathe. All of a sudden, they're walking, and oh, and here's this kid. You know, they bounce back really quick. And so, he left the housing place, went home, um, and just started living his life with his friends and did not comply. Meaning, you know, he didn't take his medication when he should. He missed a day or two. And he ended up back in the hospital, and I got a call from his mother saying, they won't list, list him again. They won't give him another heart. And I said, of course they won't. He didn't comply. Oh, Remember uh, when I said to you, it's so important, especially in the beginning. You have to be so precise with your medication. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. It's like, say, we gave you something nice, and you didn't take care of it. Right, and so they're not going to give it to you again. again. Now, and he did pass away. Dang. That's that's tough because he's really young because he doesn't really know. I mean, well, you know, or do you think he did? Know, I mean, well, I, I think that teen, you know, those teenage <laughs> yes. years, you think you're invincible, yes, even you after as as sick as he was, mm-hmm. you know, and so 
you know, there are so many things that, you know, the hospitals can't offer because they don't have the funding. And so, you know, what, what I'm trying to do with this healing house is to also have, you know, programs there. You know, I mean, the hospitals have... Some stuff probably. No, they have like um, group meetings, but oh, nobody yeah. goes to them. You know, there there needs to be a more comfortable place. Yeah. You know, I guess once you're in the hospital, you don't want to keep going back. Yeah, I know. I'm sure. Um, you know, and I have a lot of ideas and things that I yeah. would like to do. Yeah. Um, but right now, what I want to do is keep saving lives and yeah. helping these patients and also just giving hope. You know, when when you're first told and you're first put on the list and the waiting part starts, you know, like I said, I didn't experience that. I got a heart in 10 days and I was okay. in a coma anyway. But, you know, I've watched people wait, you know, for months and months and a year and more than a year. And it's really hard. And sure. that waiting turns into patience and it becomes you know a, a quality that most of us don't have especially in this world today i mean right. everything so quick so yes, quick so yes, quick yes and um it's like when i'm sitting in traffic now <laughs> and i'm waiting in traffic yeah. I, I have such a different attitude about it now sure. it's like okay so it'll be an extra hour people are waiting you know months and yeah, months now so, you know, waiting kind of turns into patience. And like I say in the book also, fear turns into courage. Yeah. Because you have no choice. You mentioned something in the book, too. I, I'm like to touch on this, though, because it's, we're talking babies to adults. I didn't realize older people could, have, could be in line to get transplants. And you mentioned Christine in the book. It was one of the stories in the book. Well, um, I didn't. I didn't know that was. I, I thought it was an. Age, I thought it was. Not, I don't know if it was, I it was an age limit for hearts, but I just thought. Well, I have to tell you. Until recently, there has been an okay. age limit. Okay. And that's because there's a shortage of hearts and okay. a shortage of organs. Okay. And so um, most hospitals don't transplant over, I don't know 60. if it's 65 or whatever. Okay. UCLA and Cedars transplant patients in their 70s. Okay. And we just helped a gentleman who received a heart at the age of 75. Okay. Okay. And he said that, you know, the surgeons all came in to talk to him about why he wanted a heart. And he just said, I just told him the truth, you know. I have so much more I want to do in life. And he got the heart of a 42-year-old man, okay. I'm told. And, um, again, only Cedars and UCLA that I know of do transplants in of people in their 70s. Okay. Okay, but babies get transplanted at a couple of months old. Yeah, I, I heard you were saying that too. I mean, I'm like the babies. I'm like, cause I, was, I mean, as a nursing standpoint, I'm thinking, I'm like, this is like hard on their bodies. But I think, well, again, the heart is your heart. You need a heart before you do anything else, anyway. I was thinking the, the trauma your body has to go through. To... Well, little Jessica had her first open heart or heart surgery. I don't know exactly what yeah. kind it was when she was just a few months I old. No, that's, that's. And then she got her second heart, and then. That rejected, and then yeah. she got, I mean... First heart. And then, first heart, and yeah. then her second heart. Yeah, so that's... basically she's had, you know, three hearts, her own, and then two other transplanted hearts. And it's possible she might need another one. That's what's crazy, too. Because for kids, they grow. 
That's right. They're, they're not developed fully yet. Their bodies are constantly growing. Their antibodies are constantly, you know, building yeah. up, even though they're on anti-rejection meds. Yes. And it's very hard to regulate their medication because they grow so fast. Uh, like, you know, I'm going to be this size, hopefully, you know, for the rest of my life. <laughs> and so, you will. You you know, will. So, you know, it the medication for me after the first year hasn't changed. It does for other people at times. Yeah. And that's why you go, you know, constantly go to the clinic at least twice a year for, for wow. checkups and stuff. But my medication has been the same since after the first year. Wow. And how long have you had the heart? Uh, it'll be nine years in February. Nine years. Wow. And, Getting a 17-year-old boy's heart, obviously it's just a heart, so there's no, well, you want to be able to jump him downstairs now and, like, leap tall building. Like, what happened for you when you got the heart for yourself? Was there a big difference for you coming out of it to you later when you were able to no. start walking and talking again and all that kind of stuff? No? Because you say some people, it does that to them sometimes. But for you, it's Some just... people say that, I mean, I've been told that some kids who used to like chocolate ice cream now like vanilla ice cream. Oh, that, that yes, I You know, I mean, I... <laughs> See, I, I, didn't, ha- I didn't want to ask that part. I thought it'd be kind of too hokey. Like, like it's not hokey, and I think it. I mean, my friend Chuck is like addicted to eating pickles now. Interesting. But for me, nothing like that happened. Well, I still like the same <laughs> foods, the same clothes, same music. I still have really expensive taste. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like that. I do like that. Um, but I do appreciate. The smaller things much more. Yeah. You know, like the first time I went outside after being in the hospital for so long and I looked at the sky and it was so blue and it was so beautiful and the leaves on the trees were so green. And, you know, I think what it does is it makes you stop and take time to appreciate the little things that we just skip by or pass by because we're always got to make, got to make, yeah, got to yeah, do, yeah, got to yeah. do, yes, got to, yes. you know, and we live in L.A. and it's, yes. you know, and I came from New York, so it was like, well, you know, oh, my God, yes. You know, but there, there's there's something to be said about just sitting back and smelling the roses sometimes mm-hmm. and really starting your day every day from gratitude. I, I believe in that completely. I believe that completely. Um, this book gives really some great examples to some some patients. It's very some vi- very diverse situations in the book. Um, and I but just back to you for a second. I what I kind of want to know is you know so you say close to you talk to your donor family. Do you feel like you guys are family? Um, I my donor family has not wanted to meet me. Okay, they haven't. They haven't. But okay. I do know other people that have met their donor okay. families, mm. and I think that it's a very personal thing. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. And. Um, you know, I thank my donor family every yeah. day, yeah. and I thank all donor families every yeah. day uh, because it's a tough decision. It's a tough decision, but it does save lives. And um, it was really interesting. I got a note from someone after my event who listened to one of the monologues. As okay. a matter of fact, the monologue that I think that Jolie Fisher did. Okay, and um, and she did a monologue about letting her son go. And donating his yeah. organs and the moments um, before making that decision. Yeah. And it was so beautiful. And this woman wrote to me and said, you know, I never had a pink dot on my license because I always thought they would let me die if they saw the pink dot. Interesting. A lot of people really think that, but that's not true. Oh, yeah, exactly. yeah. And she said, after coming to your event, I've gone to the DMV and I've become an organ donor. So if you're not an organ donor, 
it's very easy to become one. I'm one. And souls go to heaven and organs don't. I will say, though, in the state of California, um, the percentage of donors to not donors is higher in the donors. Okay. We have. Um, okay. Uh, but you have to remember, too, that just because you're a donor doesn't mean your organs are good. I was going to say, glad you said that, yes. And the other interesting thing is California gets hearts faster than any other state. Like, there are people that have come here from Columbia Presbyterian in New York. Another place, yes. Another because place. they've been told, you're going to wait here, and you're going to die waiting. If you go to L.A., you'll get a heart Great quicker. Hearts. But yeah. you'll have to be able to afford to come you to go L.A. L.A., right, like to that. Um, there was a storyline that's considered one of the top 100 moments of television, period. It was on General Hospital back in the early 90s, and it was B.J.'s heart storyline. It was two cousins. It was, I mean, like, it was a heart-wrenching storyline. It's all on YouTube. You can watch it. You'll cry the whole time. And it's two cousins. It was two brothers who had kids. And one, Maxie, needed a heart. And then there was a bus crash with his kids. And BJ was on that bus was brain dead. And so, and, and it's funny. Like, we found that. We found a heart. We found a heart. And when they, when they realized, the mothers realized it's the other Oh my! Those scenes were so. Just, I mean, painful, and it was just like, and it was like, and it was the whole thing. But and, and to this day, they still talk about the character having a heart transplant. So they said a scar, certain things. They all these different things. They still talk about it twenty, thirty years wow. later. So I just I always think of that kind of that's a major storyline that's considered one of the top hundred storylines of all time on TV over a heart. Yeah, well, I mean, Grey's Anatomy had an amazing. Oh one, yes, one two when they were like four kids in the family and they yeah. all needed heart transplants yes. or something. Yeah, so there's like they do that. I don't know if ER did any heart stories. I can't remember if they did or not, but I know I remember Grey's Anatomy did. I can't remember if ER did. I don't, you know, I I watch all those shows <laughs> too. Yeah, so. Right, so yeah, so I'm like, I, think, but, like I, don't, I, don't yeah. I don't remember if they did one that was that magnitude, but I remember the Grey's Anatomy but, did. Because what's happening now is. It's much more talked about and much yeah. more common because the medication is much different than it was years ago. Oh so people live, you know, people can really live a full, normal yeah. Yeah. life. Wow. And they do. And yeah. the reason that I wrote the booklet, I mean, you know, like I said, I'm not a writer. I'm a dancer. Yeah, um, <laughs> but you did a good job. The book is good, so you did a good job. You know, it was just honest, but yeah. I really wrote it for other transplant patients because I get called from people all over the United States oh, sure. that are so afraid to start the journey. And what I say to them is, you know, you're not the only one. Other people have come before you with, you know, amazing stories. And the thing is, everyone's story is just as unique and amazing in one way or another as yeah. someone else's. Yeah. And so that's what I'm trying to show and to just try to give people hope and to know that, you know, there is an organization out there that can try to help you. I mean, we turn so many people away because yeah. we don't have enough funds. Yeah. Um, we need money. She need money. It's avasheart.org. Avasheart.org. You want to you want to support them. I want to I'm going to spread the word. I'm going to spread it more to everybody if I can. Thank you. And you can text heart to 41444 and make a donation on your cell phone for all you millennials. <laughs> out there. Yes, exactly. You can <laughs> you just you can even donate ten dollars. Yeah, I was going to say anything counts. I mean, if everybody gave ten dollars in Los Angeles alone. That's enough money to do some do some good some good work. 
really. Alone. It's true. No, seriously. It's I mean, true. I look all the time. Like that's that's why I say there's certain like certain campaigns in the past things I've seen where everyone gave a little bit of money. It added up. It does. That's matter. what it does, and that's why I started the text campaign because anybody can text five dollars or ten dollars, and it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are people that after transplant they don't have enough money for food. See, that's. You know, so a $100 food card or a gas card to get to their clinic appointments. The people that live up in Bakersfield, they still have to come down to clinic after their three months are up. And that's expensive. There are things that people who have transplants in the face have to worry about. Because they're they're less stress on their hearts, a new heart. They still have to worry about it. Um, We should be able to help them with those kind of things. Yeah. So they can just focus on the heart. And right, just... and just about getting back to life yeah. and getting back on their feet. Again, yeah. like there was a gentleman from Bakersfield who we helped with housing. And um, we're still close, he and I, and his wife. And he got a total artificial heart. And he lived up in Bakersfield. And he had this total artificial heart for almost two years before he got his regular heart. Wow. They lost their home. Dang. Um, because... She couldn't work because she had to be his caregiver. Care, yes, take care of him. And they moved into um, uh, a mobile home. Okay. Um, and, I mean, their their whole life was financially devastated. They yeah. went through every dime that they had. You know, and they have children, but their children have children. And, right, you know, right. it's, it's, it's so financially devastating unless yeah. you're really wealthy. Right. You know. And now all of us are wealthy. But if you're wealthy and watching this, donate to Ava's That's Heart. That's right. <laughs> I don't. I but I don't decide how to get back to you. Or you know what? Or call me, and I'll come. Right. I'll come anywhere and meet with anyone. Magic Johnson. I'll come and talk to okay. you. Anybody. Yes. Really. Seriously. You yeah. don't. It's 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 such an amazing thing to have been given a second chance at life. No. And when you're given the gift of life, it is the greatest gift anyone could give you. And so those of us that are given that gift need a little help to get back to life again. And there isn't really anybody doing that. And so that's what I'm trying to do. And I need help. She needs help. Transplant Journey is the book. You can get it. You can get it on Amos Heart. Go, go to Amos, go or you Amos can, Heart. you can get it on Amazon. Well, you, I want them to go to your website. Go to her website. Look around. See what's going on. This is one of the things you can get on there also. But see what she's doing. Look at look at what she's doing. And, and her and Amos like Heart. And like our Facebook page. Like the Facebook page. I mean, I, I mean, I'm have all this stuff. I already started posting some of the stuff on my page, but I'll post more of your stuff Thank on my you. page. Thank you. Of course. I'm, 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 you're, you're not getting rid of me. We're, we're, on, we're on the same village now, so we're going to do that. Um, Eric Kaufman, thank you for being on the show. Oh, my God. Thank you, you so much. I could talk to you forever, too. Oh, I know. It's like, you just, you're amazing. We have, to, we have to go to lunch or something. Okay, let's do okay. that. We'll do that. You guys, so we are on Facebook. We are on iTunes. We're on um, SoundCloud. We are on YouTube. We are on Instagram. And we're also on Twitter, BookCircle Online. Go ahead and follow us all there. Uh, her information will be on my personal pages, which is James Law Jr. You can have my fan page, James Law Jr. also. I'll be posting Ava's Heart stuff on there, too, so you can look at there. And if you want to click, if you want to come to me and want me to facilitate something with her, Come to me, however you want to do it, make it whatever yes. you're comfortable with. I will be the conduit to get to to get to Ava. We'll work we'll work that out. I want to give a special shout out to our buddy Steve uh, Steve Rohr who hooked us up together. Yes, thank He's a you, great guy. Steve. He's also been one of my former guests on this show, as you guys know. Uh, I want to give a shout out shout out to him, to everybody out there, and to all the people who are donor families, people who are wave transfers. Just God bless you all, because just it's I know it's not easy. I know, it's easy. and she's a shining example of of surviving and thriving. 
and making a difference in the world. So, and I'm James Lott Jr. You can follow me at James Lott Jr. And we'll see you guys next time. You're wonderful. Thank you. producers Kevin Undergaro, Maria Menounos, and Jeffrey Masters. Thanks for tuning in to Book Circle Online. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. To suggest a book title or their author, you can tweet us at Book Circle On. This is Book Circle Online. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>